friends, welcome to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. I am so excited. Today's episode, we have Jana Wilson on, who is an emotional healing educator, a meditation teacher, a retreat leader, a public speaker, a hypnotherapist, the founder of the Emotional Healing System, and also the author of Wise Little One. Jana, it is such an honor to have you on the show today. I can't wait to dive into today's topic. But before we get into it, can you give the audience a little bit about your background and kind of how you got to where you are today and the blossoming of your wonderful book? Oh, yes. Thank you for having me. And yeah, so I went on a healing journey at a very young age. I had a spiritual and mystical experience when I was 12 years old, mm-hmm. where um, during a domestic violence situation, my dad's beating my mother, my bigger brother was always there, my older brother for, you know, kind of to protect me and support me when things like this would happen. And he wasn't there. So I ran outside and I just began to pray to be saved really from the situation when children are in that kind of violence on a day-to-day basis. It's similar to living in a war zone. So of course I was in chronic stress. And so I'm praying, you know, please God help me. And then all of a sudden I'm pulled out of my body and the experience was so profound. I just felt this peace that passes all understanding. I knew in that moment, I was told those are not your parents. That is not your life. And it was as if, you know, Christine, I could see my little self standing there scared, you know, just, um, just so uncertain. I'd been through so much trauma up to that point with my parents. And then, um, I was back in my body. So that experience woke my soul soul up at a, you know, a, I mean, at a level that I could never go back to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. I knew I was here for a purpose. So by the time I went away to college, you know, all the mentors, teachers, people started to show up in my life. I'm 57 now. So we're talking like late eighties, mid middle eighties, when I went away to school, 84. And then I just began this path and around early thirties, I realized, oh, that's what I'm here to do for a long time. I thought I was going to be a minister. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I really wanted to meet people. What I do now is really psycho-spirituality. It's a combination of psychology and spirituality. Mm-hmm. My husband's a physician and he works with me. And mm-hmm. yeah, I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we have a healing center here. And yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful life. But I had to do a lot of work to get here. Yeah. You know, we were talking about your book, um, which sounds amazing, you know, kind of like going back, reflecting on like the childhood traumas that you had and like working through those. Um, you know, you've also been mentored by one of like the top finest self-development people, um, like the Dalai Lama, I believe you look, was it? No, I, I, um, Deepak Chopra. Yes, that's what it was. I'm sorry. Yeah. Deepak Chopra. Yeah. For a long time. And so, um, and then going through all of that, um, and your book is kind of like a love story, you know, going through the trauma. And one of the things that you have to do is shadow work. So I would like to dive into kind of like some of the shadow work that you had to go through. And if you can explain to us the qualities, um, we are judging in another person as we are really, you know, having a reflection of ourselves. Sure. So shadow work, I was introduced, um, in around 2003 with Debbie Ford. She was a New York times bestselling author. She wrote the book, uh, 
dark side of the light chasers amongst many. She's passed away now, but I ended up working and training with her and becoming a staff member. My ex-husband was partners with Debbie. Mm -hmm. So that's really the main bulk too, along mm -hmm. with reparenting the inner child in my, my teaching. So the emotional healing system is meditation, shadow work and reparenting the, um, in shadow work. I think the question that you're asking me is, you know, we're always seeing a reflection outside of ourselves of a deeper self, mm -hmm. meaning, you know, if you say or do something and I get triggered by it, affected by it emotionally, it's just an indication there's something for me to look at within. And often it is, you know, people get a little confused with shadow work because if someone say is being abusive to me, mm -hmm. let's say verbally. So I would ask myself, what kind of person would do that? Of course, an abusive person, right? Mm -hmm. So then I would have to look and see if I've ever been abusive, verbally abusive to others in the past, present, or possible future, given the right situation. Well, of course, if I'm being honest, I'm going to say yes, because in the human condition we are. But here's where people miss in shadow work. The relationship with self is the most important relationship. So if I ask myself, am I verbally abusive to myself? Then that's usually where I can say, yes. Oh yeah. I criticize myself. I push myself. We're our own worst enemy. We can be really hard, right? Abandoning ourselves. And so, um, you know, that's the piece that I think really gets missed in shadow work. People think, oh, well, I would never be abusive like them. Well, that's not necessarily the truth, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're abusive to yourself, then that's, again, the most important relationship. So, wow, that's, yeah, that's so true because, yeah. you know, I am really hard on myself. You know, I, I could say I'm, I am abusive to, in somewhat way to myself. And I did just kind of leave, I felt like somewhat of like an emotionally abusive type of marriage situation for me. And it's, it's true. It's kind of like, I allow it because I do it to myself anyway. Exactly. You know so I mean? it's a match. Exactly. So I'm like vibrating at like the frequency of like, this is what I deserve since I'm talking to myself in this way. And it's like, once you change that narrative about yourself, then you can attract maybe like change the, the cycle of maybe dating an abusive partner or, you know, putting your, getting yourself in like situations of like things always go wrong for me. So things are always going to go wrong, you know, like type of stuff. So it's interesting that you say that, you know, when I have a woman who says, you know, I, all I attract are duds or bad guys who are, you know, abusive and, you know, they're emotionally unavailable. And mm -hmm. I say, well, have you looked at how you're emotionally unavailable to yourself? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because no woman who values herself would be with a man who's emotionally unavailable and abusive. And, you know, so it comes back yeah. to, oh, I've got to value myself because we teach others how to treat us yeah. by how we're treating ourselves. Yeah. You had like a very um, traumatic childhood experience. Um, and, you know, also, you know, a big theme in the book is using your imagination to manifest the life of your dreams. Um, so tell me about the process that you teach that could help our listeners um, manifest their own dreams and kind of work through, you know, the shadow stuff 
you know, to tie in with the manifestation and, you know, also forgiving like the little girls like trauma. Cause you know, about a lot of it is bringing childhood traumas with us and forgiving our, you know, younger versions of ourselves as well about, you know, our upbringings and decisions that we've made and stuff and the traumas that we carry. Okay. Well, you asked me a couple of questions. So I'm going to address the question on manifestation first, and then I'll come back. And so on manifestation, I've been doing it since I was a child. I was really disassociating from the, the chaos in the family. So I would play with my Barbies and I would live in a fantasy world and I didn't have any you know, imaginary friends or anything, but I certainly was creating my imaginary world more real than my actual world as a way to cope. But here's the thing. Now we know to become supernatural, we have to hold images. Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge because imagination will take you where knowledge never could. So the inner child loves its imagination, right? So when we're connected with our essence, that inner child, it will show us an image of what it desires, the happiness, the relationships, the adventure, the fulfillment, all of it. So if we can train ourselves to spend, you know, five, 10 minutes a day in an imaginary future with elevated emotion, feeling as if it's already happened, Mm -hmm. then that's how we manifest because the feelings change our behavior. If, if I'm practicing feeling grateful and excited and at peace every day, instead of stressed and fearful and worried, then of course, I'm going to rewire my brain to have experiences of peace and happiness. And I'm going to draw those experiences to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. It's just the classic law of attraction, right? I'm going to attract to me my vibrational frequency. And if my frequency is high, then I'm going to attract to me. If it's low, then I have to do the work. Now, one of the things you said about inner child is forgiving a younger self. No, it's it's really not about forgiving a younger self. Mm -hmm. So what it is, is understanding that when we were conditioned in those first seven years, we um, adopted certain beliefs and those beliefs became a a reoccurring narrative of our life, right? Mm -hmm. So example, you don't have to have a a traumatic childhood like me to have wounds from your childhood. Mm -hmm. Sometimes um, children have parents who don't see or hear them. And this is a wound for a child, right? To not be Mm -hmm. seen or heard Mm -hmm. by your parents. Before I dive into my four questions, is there anything else you would like the audience to take away today? Um, yeah, that it's, you know, possible to fall in love with yourself. The mm-hmm. night before I met my husband on a plane that I wasn't supposed to be on, I left a retreat and I talk about it in the book. Little Jana showed up and it was like, she showed me the history. I mean, no one knows yourself better than you and your life. And she showed me all that I'd been through to arrive at this place and time in my life and how proud she was of me you know a lot of people get really triggered when people you know in any way elevate themselves like brag Mm -hmm. on themselves or you know but if we had a child it's acceptable to talk uplifting about your child well we also want to do that with ourselves right Mm -hmm. and little Jana showed me what a badass I'd become like I had went through a lot to become you know at a place in my life at that point I was 49 and I, I kept telling myself a story, 
that getting love from other people felt better than giving it to myself. And I had to stop that story and tell myself giving love to myself feels better than mm-hmm. getting it from others. Yeah. Well, Janet, so I want to dive into my questions and I can't wait to hear what your answers are. Um, so my first one to you is who and what inspires you? I would say my grandson, he's seven years old and he is, you know, children just still live in, in magic and wonder. And Mm -hmm. so anytime I'm with any children, I mean, really, I just fall in love with them because, you know, they're still so tethered and connected. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, talking about imagination, we lose a lot of our imagination, like the older we get. And so we forget about it. So it's like a good reminder for the listeners to start, you know, revving up that imagination to start, you know, manifesting the dreams that they want, you know, and start acting like a child again, you know, so childlike, um, not childlike. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then my second question is, what is something you wished you knew when you were younger? Uh, I I think I wished, you know, that I knew, you know, time when we were young, you know, time is so slow Mm -hmm. and everything. And especially when you're going through such heartache that I was going through that, you know, this idea of this too shall pass, like things are temporary. I started to gain that awareness as a child. Um, But I certainly wish I would have, you know, known that as a child that you know, things are temporary, hang in there. If somebody could have came in and gave me that, that knowledge, that wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we only know so much, you know, life's a circle and you only have like a little slice of the pie, you know, so it's hard to know. Um, And then my third question is what's the essential part of your daily routine? Well, RPM, which means rise, pee, meditate. So you get up, empty your bladder, you meditate, spiritual hygiene, you do it before anything, 30 minutes every morning. You know, working with Deepak, I trained in primordial sound meditation 15 years ago. I've been a teacher, but even before that I was meditating, wasn't consistent because I didn't have a teacher. So everybody that I teach, I've taught over a thousand students to meditate and, um, they all say, well, I can't meditate because my mind's too busy. So I listen to guided meditation and guided meditation is fine, but it's not foundational. Yeah. Guided meditation, you need stillness and silence to clear the mind. And yes, the whole purpose of the practice is to be aware when you're lost in thought. So you're not taken away, right? You're not just lost. You're more present. Mm -hmm. So meditation for sure. Love that. Um, and then what's the best advice you've ever received? Um, the best advice I've ever received, be open to feedback and immune to criticism. Love it. That's a good one. Deepak would always say that, you know, like we live and we, we don't see ourselves. So if we're not open to feedback from people around us, of course they need to ask permission. You know, a lot of people give feedback and it's just projection of their own stuff and it's criticism. Mm -hmm. So, but we want to always be receptive, emotionally intelligent people ask others, what can you see that I can't see within myself that could be sabotaging me or limiting me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. 
Well, Jana, thank you so much for coming on this week's episode of Not Your Mama's podcast. It was such a fruitful conversation. All of Jana's links are down below in the show notes. Don't be shy. Go say hi. And I would totally check out her book. It has a beautiful story. And I can't wait to see you guys all in the next one. Thanks, guys.